Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Glad you're with us this week. John Morris, Brooke Bednars, and pleased to have as our guest this week, Doug Smith. Say it ain't so, but I'm afraid it's going to happen. Doug Smith uh, retiring from Baylor University in his 23rd year here at Baylor, his 48th year as uh, in fundraising of some sort in college athletics. Doug, uh, we're not going to know what to do uh, without you around here. Well, now people can start uh, calling me a, a short-timer and uh, not treat me very nicely anymore because I'm now down on a level way below them. No, no. <laughs> Not at all. We wanted to uh, – thanks for letting us do this because we really wanted the opportunity to, to visit with you before you go out the door, before you and Lorraine go off and whatever you're going to do now. But uh, so many years, so many stories, so many people you've touched here at Baylor. And that's just Baylor. I mean, other schools prior to Baylor also. Uh, Doug, you've had a, a, a rich, rich career, haven't you? Uh, you know, I've you all are building everything up a lot more than than I think it has been. But you know, I go back to to uh, other schools when I uh, went back to OU a couple years ago. Um, a gentleman that I gave a parking pass to, assigned a parking pass to in 1991, <laughs> still had the same parking pass. <laughs> wow. And he invited me every year when we came up to Oklahoma to come by his uh, parking space, his tailgate space. And he said, Doug, do you know how to get here? And I, I I just remember things like that, yeah. but it was it was really amazing that someone back in 1991 uh, still had the the same pass. Now I would say since he didn't improve his location. And he, he probably didn't give more money after 1991. <laughs> right. So that's the way I think. But that's uh, the, the guy's name was Doug Hamilton. And I, I will always remember, you know, holy cow, this was a long time ago. And he has the same tailgate space that I assigned him in uh, 1991. And, you know, they didn't have a Sooner Club back then. Mm. It, it was They didn't have anything. But they, they had a fundraising organization. I think I came in one year after Barry Switzer. Maybe it was two years after Barry Switzer. And we started the Sooner Club. And they still have the Sooner Club today. Wow. So, you know, I, I remember things like that. And when I talk to uh, people at Oklahoma, I always bring up the, the uh, question, uh, do you know what the Sooner Club is? And the answer always is, of course I do. And if they don't, then I know they're not interested in athletics. <laughs> that's true. So anyways, but that's a that's a little story that uh, it, it's really uh, amazing that uh, that I remember and he remembers me. And we still talk to one another. Hmm. I texted him a few weeks ago that I was retiring and uh, he immediately within 10 seconds called me and we talked for about half an hour. That's great. You've had a very long, successful career at a lot of different schools. Um, we spoke with some people this week, and they just refer to you as a builder. You would go in, and you would build and start. You mentioned the Sooner Club, um, SMU over at the Mustang Club, Uh and then, and then here at Baylor, you know, you took it from what it was. And we're going to talk about the legacy that you have here and everything. But I do want to go back to 1998 and what 
ultimately brought you to Waco because you did try to take a little detour and uh, God was like, no, 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 come back to Waco. That was Tom Stanton. As, <laughs> as a matter of fact, uh, uh, when uh, David Bourne came in as president at the University of Oklahoma, he and Donnie Duncan, who was the AD and had hired me, uh, Donnie went his ways and uh, President Bourne decided that he didn't want any of Donnie's senior staff. So we were all released mm. except for Larry Nafee, who was the compliance director. And Larry, I think, is still in the same position at Oklahoma today. So anyways, I... Um, I sent out uh, my resume, but I really called about three or four people, and probably about three days after it was out that I was no longer at Oklahoma, I got calls from Tom Stanton at Baylor and from Bobby May, who was the athletic director at Rice University at the time. And um, I really wanted, since I'd been to uh, OU, I grew up in Toronto, Canada, I, I made the mistake of saying, you know, I want to go back and live and work in a big city. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I did that, but I found out very quickly uh, that Rice University, from an academic standpoint, is just tremendous, but it wasn't that good. The reputation on the athletic side wasn't as good, and I started talking to donors who indicated to me, Doug, I'll make a gift, you know, whatever, but I'll make it to the academic side, not to the athletic side. So I learned in about a, a year that no, this isn't going to be me. I want to stay in athletic development. And uh, to Tom Stanton's credit, he would call me every two or three months. How you doing, Doug? How you doing? We're going to have a position for you, so <laughs> just get ready. So uh, after a year and a half, I, I called uh, Tom, and we met, and I, I came up here and interviewed. And uh, I, I guess the the rest is history, but I... I really was disappointed that I couldn't stay longer. I, I mean, I didn't stay longer. And Bobby May was a uh, great AD, very, very uh, upset the, that I was leaving. And a couple of the donors there were, were really upset I was leaving too. So, But anyways, it was the best move uh, I made. And so coming here, it was... Uh, it was different. It was a small town, much smaller than it is today. Uh, our athletic program, Kim Mulkey, hadn't been here. Our top program at the time, John, and you will know this, was men's tennis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I think was it 04? Right. Was the first year we won a, a national championship. So that, that got us going. But uh, 12 years of... Uh, losing football and it's not losing but we didn't have winning records mm -hmm. and so that that took some time so uh, anyways it, it's been great i loved it at baylor the people are different the school is different uh the christian atmosphere is is so important to to me and and the friends they're so warm I, i'm just telling you baylor people don't realize it but they are so much kinder they're, they're just different then, and, and I'm not being negative, but when you go to Oklahoma or, or SMU, it's just a different group, and they seem to care more for people. And so, um, you know, that, again, is part of the reason I stayed. And uh, as I mentioned before, uh, I, I finally wanted to see at all these schools I would go in and develop uh, programs. You know, it takes a year to analyze uh, what's wrong, then you take the second year to to put in your system, and then the third year you just wait and see how, and you you tweak it here and you, you tweak it there, and then they're ready to go. Well, so I would be saying three at the most four years, and then I'd move on to another school. And uh, I finally said, you know, I've been doing this my whole life, not thinking that I'd ever be here as long as I am. You know, I'd like to stay at a school and just see what my early works did. And I say mine. Uh, it's not me. It's never me. It's always a team effort. And, and I tell people uh, teams are so important. I've always been involved. I played semi-pro hockey in Canada, team sport. I played softball, loved softball, football. So it's always been a team 
uh, sport. So it's it's people. It's not individuals, and uh, that's just so so important. Tell me a little bit about uh, going off of the theme of now, team. No, this is good. This oh, is good. Okay, yeah. you might. I thought you might be leading me in a certain direction. <laughs> no, no, no. This is uh, this is the team concept okay. and the fun yeah. drives. Uh, something you were known for when you first started, um, back when it was a tough time to come about, come by a win uh, for the football program, and that kind of makes things difficult for you on the fundraising side. So, tell us a little bit about that team concept in the fun drives and how you implemented that here in Waco and kind of how you, you made other people feel a part of the team. It, it's, it was a long process, but the, I think the Baylor people were starving for success and everybody understood and realized how important uh, raising money, particularly for the student uh, athletes. I mean, what better thing to, to raise money for than for the student athletes scholarships. So, uh, the, the people were really, I think they just were waiting to be told what to do. And they, they really did not um, have any idea. So we came in, I came in, and with a, a couple people, I took my executive committee from uh, the board of directors of the Bear Foundation at the time and explained to them the team concept that I wanted to have two different divisions. As I said, we followed baseball, so we had a national and an American league, and then we had teams and commissioners, and uh, uh, we'd try and get uh, five teams in each division, so we'd have ten teams, and they were to get ten people, so there was, you know, uh, five uh, teams in one with 10, so that's 50 people and 50 people in the other, so that's 100. So it it uh, it took a while, but I wanted fun. I've always believed that you'll you'll do more, uh, you'll be a, a better producer f- for if you have two things. One, obviously, you have to be organized, but you have to have fun. And if if you don't have fun, if people don't enjoy it, they aren't going to feel a part of it. And then when you have to let them know that it's your success, not my success. It's your success, and we're doing what we are because of you working hard. And boy, I would tell them, "Hey, you better have your next door neighbor become a Bear Foundation member, <laughs> or, or you're not, you're you're just not going to be a part of it." And they they never thought of anything like that. So, but we had fun. We gave awards uh, early on when we had these uh, big uh, trips, and you know the the Chicago uh, uh, trip. And then on down to Notre Dame. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just such a big incentive. So the people raising the most money would get these complimentary trips and and things like that. But you just had to have fun. And and like I said, people just wanted us to be successful and were waiting to be told uh, what to do. And so the team concept, I that's all I ever knew. I'd gone around the country. Uh, I would speak at conventions and uh, talking about the team concept. And one of the things that I realized is early on, the big schools, I remember a person that had worked for me for some time was the AD at the University of Tennessee. And he called me one day and he says, Doug, we don't need people like you. And I was really surprised. He doesn't need people like me. He said, all we need to do is send out uh, a ticket request and that they have to give this amount of money, seat options, but mm-hmm. they didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And he said, so we don't need you doing that. We can do that. So the team concept would never work here. So I, I, I did realize that uh, most of the schools that I worked at, seven other schools, when I would get there, they weren't very successful. And their fundraising wasn't very good. And um, uh, it just it didn't work with uh, schools that were very successful. So, you know, that's, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. And the, m- one of my favorite stories is when I was hired at SMU and Russ Potts was the AD and he's, he was the one that created Mustang mania oh, yeah. along with Brad Thomas. And that was, uh, un- unbelievable. But I remember going into his office my first day or second day on the job and he said, Doug, how much money do you think you can raise for us this year in athletics? And I said, Russ, what do you want me to raise? 
That wasn't a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, um, he said, well, can you raise $200,000? And I'll, I'll never forget. I nearly fell off my chair. I said, Russ, if I only raise 200, and there's the I that I shouldn't be saying, if I only raise $200,000, you fire me on the spot. Wow. And it was, and he was never surprised at anything. He was surprised at that answer. And I think we raised somewhere between eight hundred and a million dollars that first year. Wow! At SMU, great success stories everywhere you've gone, really, including here at Baylor. Uh, am I right in saying your first year here, so nineteen ninety eight here at Baylor, the Bear Foundation raised about eight hundred thousand dollars, eight hundred thousand. So similar to what you said there at SMU. So this year or this past year? This past year, we're pretty close. On regular, on average, uh, now you guys raise 12 to $13 million a year for our student-athletes and their scholarships, and that is just beyond impressive. I feel like we should have like a round of applause. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. But you, you, you do notice that we don't have the team concept anymore. No, we don't have it. And that's all the, credit to the, our fans and the, the Baylor family. Yeah. The more successful you get, that's true. The, the least important that uh, team concept uh, is. Correct. But at the time, it was perfect oh, yeah. for Baylor. It, it was perfect for Baylor. It, it really was. Can it, I tell you that I, I remember the first year, whatever it was, that we topped a million dollars with the Bear Foundation. And that was, so it was probably 98 or, I mean, 99 or 2000, right around in there. And I, that was a huge deal, you know, to top the million dollar mark in Bear Foundation donations. We have every one of the early presidents have a picture on their wall at halftime of one of the games the following year, we would make up this big, huge yeah. check that was about 10 feet by 5 feet or 4 feet or whatever, and we would go out at halftime and, and have a photograph taken with the president, with the athletic director, and with the uh, president of the Bear Foundation and the executive committee, and it was really, really something. So, yes, uh, that really was, and then everybody just had such a great feeling. But to answer your question, you know, you, you start winning football, you get great players in here, and it, it just it just happens. So it's, it's really amazing how uh, important uh, winning is. But it's getting to the winning at, at some schools. Baylor, again, is just so special. And they... Um, always enjoyed that but they knew besides getting the prizes and and the credentials and their own recognition and uh pictures in the insider with with dave campbell they knew that they they were raising the money for the scholarships for our student athletes and the baylor people just uh that really egged them on to, to be uh successful in in that how do you get the job done? With power. Get all the power you need in a new Ram. Alan Samuels presents Ram Power Days. Extra special savings and special factory financing on all new models. Hauling families to great places. Doing chores. Working hard. Alan Samuels will help you get the job done. Ram, the highest pickup owner loyalty in America. Shop, apply, buy online. We deliver. Alan Samuels, official auto dealer of the Heart of Texas Fair and Rodeo. Whether on the field or cheering from home, Du Bois Furniture is proud to support the Baylor Bears. If your bear cave needs updating, Du Bois Furniture is here to help. With over 59 years of our family serving yours, let our experienced sales team help you find exactly what you want. We specialize in custom upholstery, stunning dining rooms, elegant bedrooms, gorgeous leather, and top quality mattresses. Come see us in Waco and Temple or visit us online at DuBoisFurniture.com. Du Bois Furniture, where beautiful homes happen. Now, back to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Doug, honestly, uh, has a heart of gold. And realistically, I think Baylor is so much better off because of Doug Smith starting here in 1998. Doug Smith raised funds for our student-athletes when it just seemed an impossibility. 
visiting with Doug Smith, uh, retiring from the Baylor Bear Foundation. And this is our Sikkim podcast for this week, presented by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Uh, Brooke, there's probably nobody that's been involved in Baylor athletics over the past 23 years that we could mention that Doug hasn't uh, met with, talked to, known, visited, uh, asked for money from yeah, <laughs> all yes. of these people. But uh, Doug, the, the relationships you've built through the years, that's been a, a really big part of your success, hasn't it? I, I think it has. And it's just different today. Uh, you know, technology is so critical in this world. And I'm not sure if, if the people today uh uh, even have experienced the type of building relationships that we had 15 or 20 years ago, but we didn't have the the cell phones and and all the technology. So the only way you could do it is you just go out and visit with people. And I would just set a couple days. Monday would always be in the office to work on what you needed to do and get through the weekend, which usually I either had a basketball or a football game the previous weekend. Then on Tuesday, I'd just start going out. And I said I would write notes on I want to see uh, 10 people today. And so I dropped by. I remember Hobby Howe always, he, regardless of what type of meeting he was in, when I walked in and the receptionist said, uh, Mr. Smith's here. He would stop whatever he's doing. I would walk in his uh, his office and we'd talk and have a cup of coffee, then take someone to lunch and in the afternoon meet another person. So it just went on and on. And that's what you there was no other way of doing it at that at that time but to get out and talk to people about athletics, about other people I know, about getting involved. Uh, and of course, listening to John Morris on on the radio. So, <laughs> of course, yeah, exactly, exactly. But tell us a little bit about the conversations. You you mentioned you know a lot of the times you weren't talking about Baylor athletics and the amount of money that you needed. You were getting to know the actual people and the, their families right. and and the value of that. It 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 was funny, well, but then let's go through you know the the one time. Uh, that uh, I got kicked out of an office in my Ooh. entire mm-hmm. career. The oh, one time the entire career. And, and the reason that came up, we went right, uh, Mr. Slomi, Tommy Salomi, we didn't talk about family. We didn't talk about dogs we didn't, or his horses. <laughs> Straight business. We, yeah, we talked about what he had to give. And he was a big donor to the Bear Foundation back there in 1998. He was giving $1,000 a year, and he had been doing that for some time. And so that was very important to have a person like that. Well, I brought in the, uh, this uh, seat option program, and he had uh, four, maybe six, maybe even eight seats on the 50-yard line. Well, the seat option value per seat was much more than $1,000. Yeah, right. It was about 2500 And so I started talking, and I, I remember when, it, when he finally understood that the $1,000 wasn't going to <laughs> keep, keep his seats. He said, Mr. Smith, are you telling me that this $1,000 that I've been giving year in and year out is not enough anymore? And I said, yes, sir. And he he got up from his chair behind his desk, and I I didn't quite understand. I was hoping that he'd, he'd, you know, give me a check, understand what I was asking for. He went right to the door of his office, opened the door, and said to me, Mr. Smith, this meeting's over. Wow. <laughs> they oh, laugh about it today, though. <laughs> right. He's a, he's a good friend. He's in ill health right now, but we still smile. Uh, and he was one of the people that I would still go to his office, say, come on, Tommy, we're going to lunch at the Baylor Club or something. And we would talk about it once in a while. So he's a really good friend, but he, he does remember that day. Mm-hmm. He does. Well, I do want to ask, you, you told us a while back that if the first time someone meets you, if they like you, you're doing something wrong. Correct. Tell me, <laughs> t- that, that's kind of an odd thing to say. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, it's just, I, I again, I like to have fun. So when I, I meet people, I always say something that I know no one else would say to them, something that's kind of negative or irks them on or something. And they kind of look at me and then we both kind of smile and, and <laughs> laugh. But that's what I, I tell people all the time. If you don't dislike me after the first time you've met me, I haven't done my job. <laughs> and, and so that's exactly where. But it, it kind of breaks the ice. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're, <laughs> most people know you're kidding. 
in uh, in all the times I've done that, there's been a couple people that have taken it the wrong way. But I know from doing this so long, if people are going along with it or if it's not working, and and a couple times it I know it isn't working. So I've kind of uh, changed topics and and said that's not going to work with them. I better not say anything. But it's just again, uh, I, I just like people. I like people having fun, and uh, I just do that. That's just part of Doug Smith. Kent State grad. I don't know how many people know that. What started you? What was the career path that got you into what you've done for the past 48 years? Um, I went to, to Kent on a, on a football scholarship. I've seen the jersey. And, you still uh, have it. Uh, I, I have do. Have you seen that, Brooke? I have not. Oh, yeah. I I'm going to have to see that. I need to show it to you. <laughs> and I uh, I led the team in receiving receiving my junior and senior year. And uh, Jim Trigo said, Doug, I didn't believe you. So he went back and, and got something from Kent State. Maybe it was <laughs> a, a, a press book or something, you know. And it had me in 19, I don't know, 68, 69 leading the team in receiving 19 receptions one year and 21 I think it was the next year and most of our receivers uh, catch that number of balls in uh, two games yeah right (laughs) maybe even one so uh, yeah it it was uh, it was a little uh, different back then I had a guy on the team by the name of Don Nottingham and he set an NCAA record for number of carries in the game. I think it was 53 or 56. Wow. So I, I actually said to myself, why am I at Kent State? We're never going to throw the football. <laughs> They're just going to get to him. Yeah. And, uh, and he and I became good friends. We lived beside one another uh, in married student apartments. And he was a good guy. And, was, and he was the last person drafted in the 69 NFL draft. Uh, McCaffrey was the head coach of the Baltimore Colts, mm. and he was a Kent State graduate. Ah. And so they were looking down the list, and he saw this name. Kent, or He saw a name, and school had graduated from Kent State. He said, okay, I'm leaving. Take the guy from Kent State. And it was Don Nottingham. So, so he went with Baltimore, and a year after that, he was uh, traded, or somehow he ended up uh, down with the Miami Dolphins. And he played with the Dolphins. He was uh, Larry Zonka's backup mm. uh, for a number of years. He was on that 17-0 and 0 undefeated team and, and, and everything. So, yeah, that, that was uh, Kent State. Uh, I still had a couple times. I wasn't that good a football player when I got there. I, I, I could catch a football, but I was pretty slow. But, oh, I would get these linemen would just kill me and these bull-in-the-ring uh exercises and everything so i got even with them because kent state actually had two hockey rinks and so i went one day and i told these guys i was so upset they were just killing me i mean and they were dirty i mean it was it was bad but i I guess you did that i said okay let's take it to the ice yeah (laughs) let's go let's go play a little hockey and they didn't know what what i meant they didn't know that i played hockey which i did and and so we got out on a hockey rink, and I'll tell you, I've never been so mean in my whole <laughs> life. I tripped them, I cross-checked them, I elbowed them, I knocked every – most of them could barely uh, – the linemen could barely stand on skates. Sure, right. And I would kill them. I'd knock every one of them down. So uh, we did that. The, I still remember the first game, the, the first time we did that, and I went out on the field the next day, and I could sense – that they had a little more respect for me. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, you know, that's some, I don't know why I brought that up, but that's something that uh, because I did, I did State. like hockey. Yeah. yeah, I did like hockey. So out Kent of State. out of Kent State, what was your career path? Well, uh, actually, um, Mike Lude was the athletic director, and uh, Mike. I, I was in the alum. I, I started off in admissions, so I spent a few years in admissions as the assistant director of, ad, of admissions, and then I became the assistant director of alumni relations for for just one year. And then Mike Lude, who's the athletic director, came to me and he said, "Hey, Doug, I like you. I want to start a fundraising organization. Uh, would you be interested?" And I said, "Yeah, 
fine, sure, let's let's do it. I think I got a five hundred dollar race at the time, <laughs> and and started the uh, the Blue and Gold Club. Oh, well, great. So that's what started me into fundraising. So I then uh, Mike Lude asked that I go to a fundraising convention in Beverly Hills, California, and I said, fine, you know. Everybody knows Hollywood yeah. and Beverly Hills. If there's an excuse to, to get a comp trip out there, I'll do it. Why not? And and so I uh, – have we got time for this? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We, it's a podcast. We've got time for everything. <laughs> okay. This, uh, so I get in the elevator. I, I check into my room, and I get back onto the elevator to go downstairs just to wander around. And this guy walks onto the elevator, goes down two floors, doors open, and this guy walks in. And all he's wearing is white socks. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so as it is me, I said, there's some nice shoes you're wearing. Yeah. <laughs> and he he kind of laughed, and that started us off. And he said uh, uh, his name was Lenny Lifson, and Lenny Lifson was the chairman of the entire conference, athletic fundraising conference. And he was from Fresno, California. And so we hit it off on an elevator all because I said, nice shoes you're wearing. Because yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to wear shoes. <laughs> so, and uh, before the end of the conference, he says, Doug, there's going to be an opening up at the University of Pacific in Stockton, California. How would you like to uh, interview for that? And I said, that'll give me a couple more days in California. I didn't think I would like it, but I said, sure. So I interviewed there, and the next thing I knew, they hired me. And I accepted the job. Then I called back to Kent and told my wife, uh, do you like California? Oh, gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> I hope and, so. And she said, yes, why? I said, we're moving to California. I took a job in Stockton, which wow. we, we didn't know. So that kind of got me uh, going there. Cedric Dempsey was the AD at, at uh, the University of Pacific at the time. And, you know, he was um, – the AD at Arizona for a while, and he was the president of the NCAA, was he not, John? That's right. For yeah. for quite some time, that's right. Uh, Fifteen years or mm -hmm. s something like that, and so said and I uh, uh, got along very well. I'll, I'll still remember uh, a, a trip. I don't know why I'm I'm remembering these things, but he and his wife, his wife June, I still remember her name, June. They were always late for the bus. Okay, so one trip, and I was in charge of all the buses. And one time I told Cedric as he was heading back home to pick up his wife, I said, now, we're to leave here at 2 o'clock. We'll wait for you till 2.15, but at 2.15, we're leaving. Well, 2.15 came, and then 2.20, I said, hey, we're taking off. So all the, the donors that were on the bus, we, we took off and headed to the airport. And so as we were driving along, along the highway and I was sitting right behind the bus driver and I kind of looked out and I see this taxi cab going by me and in the uh, taxi cab were Cedric Dempsey, Dempsey and his wife. Oh, <laughs> Be beating the buses there <laughs> so they wouldn't get left. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, there were things that you would do back then that you just, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, yeah. I really, really enjoyed it and had a really good time. And you got to remember that uh, you're having a good time, but you're also raising money for those uh, student athletes, the scholarships of the student athletes. That's what kept me going all the time. That's what I think uh, a, a lot of the people enjoyed doing because you look at our student athletes today, holy cow, they're just uh, fantastic. They're unbelievable human beings. And why would anybody, any fan, not like uh, any? Uh, Baylor student-athlete. Amazing. If you need a trailer, Flat Rock Trailers has got you covered. From light-duty single-axle utility trailers to the big text tandem duels. We also carry a full line of enclosed cargo trailers. Need a motorcycle trailer? We've got them. Need a dump trailer? We've got the largest selection in the state. Oil field trailers? We carry a full line of big text trailers to handle all your needs. Trailer repairs? We repair all makes and models. We'll even rent you a trailer if you need to use one for a day. Flat Rock Trailers, your number one source for all your trailer needs. Find us at flatrocktrailers.com. 
to say my wife and I have a lot to clean is an understatement. So we go to TNG Chemical, where the pros know what cleaning solutions to use and give us detailed instructions on exactly how to use them. We never got that kind of advice from any other stores. And the prices at TNG are great, from general household cleaners to odor control solutions for our pets. We go to TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Bednars and John Morris. I just, you know, want to thank him from the bottom of my heart and thank God, you know, that they put us together and for him giving me that chance because it wasn't like he had a plethora of, you know, recommendations as far as me being a quality fundraiser and I just you know by him taking a chance not knowing me and even though we engaged each other while I was coaching he we didn't know each other that well at all and for him taking a chance on me you know is something that I'll never forget and appreciate forever and being a and being my one of my best friends you mentioned Baylor. Uh, we kind of touched on, kind of bounced around your career and all the different places you've been. But when it got to the point of making the decision to stay at Baylor, what prompted that? Because that was that was new for you to build and develop an athletic development program and then to stay and kind of see the fruits of your labor and see a successful season. And, and you went through several different coaches, different administrations, so what was it about Baylor and Waco that made you feel comfortable enough to say, this is where I want home to be? I, I think it's uh, two things. One, the people, as I've, I've said before, and I always will say, Baylor people are so nice. They were, they were so nice. They were, they were just different. So th- that played a major factor because if you don't like the people, uh, I never know all the student athletes. I know a lot more about the donors than I do about the student athletes, so you have to like the uh, the the donors, and, and as I just said, the people were just outstanding, uh, down to earth, sincere, really wanting to help. But then the second thing uh, to me was, you know, why don't I stay and see what our success can produce? And so I wanted to to stay and you know build a program. And, and then kind of sit back a little bit and, and let our board uh, take over and raise the money. And we had some great uh, presidents early on, Kerry Gray, uh, John Burleson, Brett Bean, Hobby Howell, Chris Manning. Uh, you could go on and on, and they were wonderful people. And then, John, you will remember... Um, who was the gentleman that just passed away about four years ago? He was 91 years old. I'm drawing a blank on his mm-hmm. name, but anyways, uh, I'll I'll think of it. But just wonderful people, and then uh, just wanting to see uh, what this hard work would would do and what the end product would be. And it, it just I'd never done it at any other school. I just you know worked on it, worked on it, worked on it. Then was asked by someone else, "Hey, why don't you come into this school and that school?" And and I finally said, "No, I'm. I, I want to see what quote your fruits of the labor are." And that kind of uh, uh, kept me here. But people, people, you just I'm a people person, and and you have to enjoy and, and like the people. The benefit of that is you get to uh, work with these people and see some real growth facility-wise, and you've done that here at Baylor. I mean, you think about the Hires Complex, where we're sitting right now and recording this uh, podcast, look across the river at McLean Stadium, the uh, soccer facility, uh, other other events like the bank, I mean, other yeah. facilities like the bank. Uh, the indoor. Yeah, the yeah. indoor football practice facility, all of those. I mean, you've got to be proud when you look around and see how our facilities have not only grown to keep up with other schools, but surpassed other schools we compete with. Absolutely. I still remember, and you can tell me the year, the year we hosted the uh, NCAA tennis tournaments. Mm -hmm. And I remember we had some type of reception to to the 
second night or I think it was the second night we were there and there was eight men's teams and eight women's teams so there's 16 teams two of the teams was ours we had both our men and women participating but it had given the other schools their players had had an opportunity to wander around campus and I remember talking to uh, one of the ladies that was on Cal's tennis team they were one of the teams participating that year and they said we can't believe your facilities here. We've seen nothing like this, and we travel all over, you know, the West Coast and, and the country, and no school that they'd seen had the, the facilities. And, again, a lot of them were had just been built and were just opened. And, and they said not only are they beautiful, but they're all together. They said at Cal, you have to walk 15 minutes from one side of the campus to maybe uh, the tennis building to to uh, their dorm, there was a 15-minute walk on the other side of the campus. Well, we were every everything was together here, so it, uh, that that hit home with me. That uh, you know, wow, you know, I've I've been a part of of raising money for most most of these facilities. Uh, Bob Simpson is one of my best friends uh, today. Although I asked them for some Dodger tickets, uh, uh, <laughs> didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> so it, it didn't happen. So our relationship, no, it's, it's rocky right now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe next week right. <laughs> after the World he, Series. He's, he, he's a great guy, but he's he's always been a, a, a good friend. Um, just so many people, um, Billy Williams and and the uh, soccer facility. Uh, Jay Allison and the indoor football facility. I mean, he was uh, he was great. Although I, I will say, I, I just was really friends with him. Ian McCaw had the relationship with him, and it really worked out. But uh, you, you just talk about the different facilities and the different people. Billy Williams, though, was really a, a, a favorite of mine, and uh, he passed away from cancer. Oh gosh, eight eight years ago, maybe maybe ten years ago. But he he was super. And uh, I, I'll go over that story. Yes, the first, I would love to the, hear about that. The, the first time that I really asked Billy for any money, uh, I, it was early on here, and, and Billy uh, came to me one day and said, Doug, uh, I, I'm in a position now to, to make a sizable gift to Baylor, and uh, where do you think that money should be restricted to? And I said, well, look at Billy. Let's. Uh, this was at a football game. I said, let's get together. Let me talk to Ian McCaw, who was the AD at the time, because he knows better than, than I do or anyone where the need is greatest. So I went and talked to Ian, and he said, Doug, let me get back to you. And he came back to me a couple of days later and uh, told me women's soccer. And I said, holy cow, he's a football player. We're going to ask him for money for <laughs> women's soccer. And he said, that's that's where the need is. So Billy and I had a little tradition of meeting and talking. He lived in Chicago, actually at a home in Miami, but also up in, in Chicago. So we would get together and just talk in one of the empty suites before before the games. And so he said, Doug, did you find out where you want me to make that gift to? And I said, I do. And <laughs> He said, uh, what sport is it? And I said, women's soccer. And he, he just kind of blew up and he said, women's soccer? I'm a football player. I'm not giving any money to a women's program. This was early on. And he said, Doug, you need to find somewhere else where that money can go. And he said, I said, Billy, let's just take it easy. Think about this a bit. And we're back home in two weeks. So let's meet here in two weeks. Because he was at that time was coming down for every game. He had seats in uh, Bear Heights. Remember Bear oh, Heights yeah. and Bear Place yeah. at the at the Floyd Casey. So I said, let's let's do it. So two weeks later, he came back and he said, well, Doug, uh, did you discuss this with Ian? And I said, I did. And he said, okay, where's the money going? And as I said, women's soccer i said to myself i just hope i'm not mm -hmm. messing up a seven-figure gift right. to baylor athletics and surprisingly he looked at me and he said you're sure that's where ian wants it to go and i said yes he said it's going to women's soccer wow so i was that's scared great. to death but then the other thing i then called um i think it was after the game maybe or maybe it was on monday i called marcy uh, Jobson, who at that time was the head coach, 
and I told her that we just had a donor uh, make a million-dollar gift to women's soccer, and uh, I didn't ask her to do this. I I was hoping that she might call, and so I gave the phone number, but she got every one of the lady soccer players to write a personal note to, to Billy, and that that started a relationship between Billy and women's soccer that lasted for a, a number of years and a lot more uh, money for them. So that, that was good. But that's an incident that um, I'll always remember. He just exploded. Mm-hmm. I've never had a donor. You know, he wasn't really mad. Yeah. He, you know, it was. And he kind of scared me when when he said women's soccer. He <laughs> kind of screamed. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. So. That that was a that was a good one. So I, I liked uh, I liked Billy a lot. And uh, again, it was a lot of people, you know, raising the money. It, it's I keep telling people, it's a, it's team. And as I've mentioned here, it's a team. It's not individual. So everybody worked together, and uh, it, it eventually happens. So uh, you know, just like you can't be successful in football or any team sport unless everyone's you know producing. You can have the greatest quarterback in the in the country but if his line doesn't protect him and if if his running backs can't run with the football and the receivers can't catch the ball i don't care you mm-hmm. you, you know you're just not going to be successful so you've asked me that before i've never really <laughs> thought of how proud i am it's just that's that's kind of your job yeah. and, and so you you do that and you enjoy what you do and you get to know so many great people how do you get the job done? With power. Get all the power you need in a new Ram. Alan Samuels presents Ram Power Days. Extra special savings and special factory financing on all new models. Hauling families to great places. Doing chores. Working hard. Alan Samuels will help you get the job done. Ram, the highest pickup owner loyalty in America. Shop, apply, buy online. We deliver. Alan Samuels, official auto dealer of the heart of Texas Fair and Rodeo. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa wrap, son, they're the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. Wow, I know um, Doug and and Lorraine, um, we're going to miss you both. Um, Baylor University, Baylor Athletics, um, our coaches, our staff, our student athletes are going to miss you. Um, we're unbelievably grateful uh, for everything that that you did for for our student athletes, for our staff, for our athletics department. Um, personally, I'm going to miss you, um, not just as a colleague, but but as a friend. Um, but also know that you're not far away. And uh, Baylor Athletics, Baylor University is your family, and will always be your family. And uh, we love you, Doug. We love you. Lorraine, and just thank you both. I do want to ask you, uh, McLean Stadium, that is a big, prominent, it's something that stands on the banks of the Brazos. People, it's kind of a marker right now of when you enter into Waco, and uh, you played a large role in that and met with the founders to make that project possible uh, is something that you told us, you know, you didn't truly believe it was going to be built when it was built until you secured those donations. Walk us through some of those conversations that you were able to have and, and why that project was so special for you. Well, I, I think it's it's the night to me it's the nicest football stadium in the country. Now it's certainly not the largest, but to me it's the nicest. And John, the the press box up there is just beautiful. Everything, <laughs> yep. uh, amen. It's it's so big. I really got on. Um, uh, who was our sports information director at the time? Uh, Heath. No. Um, gosh. Nick. 
Yeah, Nick uh, Joes. Right. I couldn't believe when Nick told me how big the press box was going to be. <laughs> I told Nick. I said, Nick, you're taking away room where I can uh, put additional suites and and get additional money, and you're you're taking this for the media. And anyways, uh, Nick, which people like John and I are very yeah, grateful. We appreciate, for. <laughs> right? <laughs> Nick uh, had more influence over Ian uh, th- than I did, but uh, but I do remember that. But it was um, it was really uh, uh, something that um, I just look back at, and no one thought we could have a stadium like that. I mean, particularly at Baylor University after. Uh, Floyd Casey and Floyd Casey was great. The history there is is unbelievable. But this stadium is just the 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 best stadium uh, I, I think, as I've said, in the country. And the people that really played a key role were the founders. If if the founders hadn't, you know, ponied up early and uh, you know given us those sizable gifts to to start. I think we probably would have still built the stadium, but it wouldn't have opened in in 2014. And uh, Ian, I remember, expressed to me one day, says, Doug, we don't have much time. we got to raise $60 million in the next 10 days or something. Mm. And he said, but what we're going to do is you, me, and Art, we're going to go visit the potential uh, founders. And I think we started with a list of 10, and again – it involved university development. They had a couple people, and we started going to visit. and And we had a couple turndowns, but we also had some uh, very nice uh, uh, gifts. Um, and the two that I remember the most: John Eddy uh, Williams and um, uh, Walter Humphrey. Uh, John Eddy and I met at a restaurant, and we started talking and. Uh, we finally, we finally got to the point where I had to ask him for right. some money because we um, we were halfway through our meal and we had put down our our uh, utensils and just started talking in earnest. And I mentioned the figure to John Eddy, which I thought was reasonable. But it wasn't as high as I had hoped, but Ian kind of told me, you know, why don't you start at this? And then he comes back almost within seconds and his figure was so much lower Mm. and so far apart from what I had asked. And then I went to, uh, uh, to another figure after a few minutes and then he went down to another figure. So I went down a little bit, he came up a little bit and for whatever reason, I don't know why I said it. And I said, John, Eddie, why don't we just split that and enjoy the rest of our meal? And he immediately stands up puts his hand out and we shake hands and and that was that wow. was the deal. Wow. So that's that was a very memorable lunch with John and he's still my friend. Uh John Eddie has invited me into the suite uh this Saturday. And oh great. Yeah, so I'm I'm sure I'll see him. He wasn't at the Kansas game. Uh he was out on his ranch in West Texas, but he and and Sheridan are, are great people, so uh we did that, and then Walter Humphrey, uh, we got a major gift from, but he didn't want a, a, a one of the founder suites. He wanted up, so he he wanted on the regular suite level, and his suite is on the uh, right dead center on the fifty yard line. But we went to Beaumont, flew into Beaumont, and uh, he was waiting for us, and a car took us to a tennis club, some private club in Beaumont. And we were in, and, and we sat down, and uh, we were just getting ready to start our spiel. And uh, Walter gets up and says, look at Doug. And we had sent him a proposal. University Development had put together a beautiful proposal. And uh, as a matter of fact, the amount of money we asked was what John Eddy said to ask. He says, now, don't ask for anything less, and certainly don't ask for anything more. You know, I've talked to him, and he's ready to give this so as we get ready, he just stands up and he says, look at gentlemen, I'm going to give you what you ask for. So let's enjoy lunch. <laughs> wow. And so we didn't make, I didn't make, a, I didn't make an ask. Yeah. Uh, Ian didn't talk about the Big 12 and Art didn't talk about football. We just had a very in, enjoyable lunch. So yeah, about that. That, that was another one. So that was kind of neat um, that uh, 
I didn't have to ask for any any money, and, and we still got a very nice uh, gift from him. So that was uh, another uh, incident that I, I really won't forget. And as a matter of fact, I, I talked to uh, Sheila earlier in the in the week, and she's going to be up here, so I'm going to uh, go by, uh, I hope, and uh, see uh, Sheila because there's people that, uh, you know, I just know. I've known them for, for a long time, and it's uh, really neat, really neat to do that. Well, that's the relationship that you've cultivated through the years, and it's genuine, Doug. It's really genuine on your part to these people, and they feel that. And they're dealing with a friend of theirs, you know, when in, in you're talking about large sums of money that these people, uh, you know, it, it's a donation to Baylor. But it is through you because of the relationship that you cultivated there. Uh, that's true. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun uh, taking the interior decorator uh, for all uh, the uh, founder suites to to meetings with them. It was, it was just super um one of them that I'll, I'll remember uh, a long time, probably forever, is when we met with um, Clifton and Betsy Robinson. And so, unbeknown to me, Betsy had asked Debbie Sarton, Nell Hawkins, and one other person, um, Lauren Schwartz, I think was the third person to come up. And between them, they would go over everything. So, you know, we had uh, patches of uh, um, whatever the materials are for the chairs and types and what color you wanted the wood and, and what the flooring was going to be like, tile or wood or whatever, and what the ceiling looked like. And so Clifton and I looked at one another because the, the lady, in, the interior decorator, and these three ladies were just talking. And Clifton said, "Come on, Doug, we don't have to. <laughs> we, we don't have to be in this meeting." And so we went out and just talked about uh, other things. And probably about an hour later, we walked back in to see how it was, and everything had been Magically been handled. That's, yeah. That's good move. Good move on so. your part. Brooke, uh, you need to know this about Doug. Yes. He is my favorite Canadian. Oh. Uh, favorite Canadian here in the <laughs> athletic department, uh, which was a status that I bestowed on you, Doug, very early on and when I found out that he was from Toronto. Uh-huh. So I would love to introduce him as my favorite Canadian. Well, then we had Ian, who you mentioned, our athletic director. Uh-huh. Ian McCall was here, and Ian was Canadian. Oh, no. So uh, Doug, yeah, graciously became my second favorite Canadian. <laughs> I would introduce him as the second favorite Canadian. Now Joey Scrivano right. is here, Canadian also. But, Doug, you're in my book. You're my favorite Canadian. Well, the story on that is, and John and I talked about it uh, a couple days ago, is he would always introduce me as our favorite Canadian. Well, the first time we had a function that I was at along with Ian, they would introduce me before they introduced Ian, who was the Uh-oh. you know <laughs> key, keynote speaker. And so I still remember the first time we did this, and he said, and now our favorite Canadian, Doug Smith. And then when that ended, he introduced Ian McCaw. Well, when the program ended, I went up to uh, John and said, I said, John, Ian's from Toronto, Canada, too, so you better start saying he's our favorite right. Canadian. And, and we we want to keep our jobs. We, that's right. We, we kind of laughed at that, and he never called me our favorite Canadian again. Yeah. yeah. Until now. Until now. now you are. Here you are. You're back to the Canadian. There should be a plaque on the wall, Doug, that says, you're my favorite Canadian. Big red maple leaf. The maple leaf, Exactly. As you as you leave after this many years here at Baylor, after this much success, you know, in your in your chosen field and this many years in the business also, what's uh, what's top of mind with you as you kind of pack things up and move into retirement? Uh, You know, I I I think I've I've had a good career. I've really enjoyed it. I've I've met a lot of friends, uh, made a lot of friends and will as hopefully uh, for a number of years to come here in, in Waco, we'll know many, many people. So, uh, you know, now looking back and seeing what the athletic department looks like from a facility standpoint and then knowing the different uh, people, I have a story on that football stadium. I'm telling you, when they gave, and I'm not answering your question correctly, but when they, when they used to give uh, tours mm-hmm. to the people, 
they were probably 15 minutes and 20 minutes tours. And so then I would uh, ask them, uh, do you want the nickel tour, the uh, quarter tour, or the dollar tour? Yeah, right. and, and if it was the dollar tour, that and some people didn't. They just wanted to kind of go through. But if people really wanted, I'd, I'd have a story on everything. We'd do the do- dollar tour, and it would be a good hour. Uh, and I sure. would I would I tell them it it depends on what you want because I'll give you a story on just about everything in this stadium if you if you want uh, if you only want twenty minutes then then we'll do that so it uh, some good stories and uh, it was always very uh, enjoyable giving uh, tours to to people and again the great people Baylor people loved the stadium they couldn't believe what what we had. And uh, it's it's just uh, funny. So um, I, I guess the stadium, but like I said, there was so much done by so many people. But I, I look back, and that that's probably, to me, the biggest accomplishment that I was involved in, that I was involved in, the building of uh, uh, McLean Stadium. Wow. And, uh, you know, uh, I see Drayton. I'll see Drayton. I'll go by and say hello to Drayton. And. He and I, you know, shake hands and we have our masks on and and everything. But he's a, a another really uh, good friend. So they all are. Paul Foster, uh, Paul Foster uh, got married in uh, Playa Carmen. Well, Lorraine and I go to. Well, we did. We used to go to Playa Carmen. We went to Playa Carmen uh, five or six times. So here's Paul Foster and me talking in his suite about where he stayed in. <laughs> Playa Carmen. Now, needless to say, where he stayed and where I stayed in Playa <laughs> Carmen were, were different levels. A little different, okay, yeah. uh, different levels, and we both had detached retinas, so we could talk about weddings in Playa Carmen and our experiences with detached retinas. And so at, he was in the suite at the game. Uh, against Kansas. So I went in and we started talking a little bit. And the first thing he asked me, hi, Doug, how's your eye? And, and, you know, things like that. So you you just, they're they're just great experiences. Great experiences. What do you think you'll miss the most? You've gotten to do a lot of amazing things. You mentioned, you know, you were at RG3's Heisman ceremony, um, you know, all these, the trips with all the donors and the funny stories that you have here and there. But what will you miss the most as you embark on the next chapter, which is retirement? Can I give one more story? Because you set up an RG3. Oh, so. yeah. I love this. Uh, I love your stories. Okay. I would love to hear it. So uh, I, I shouldn't, but I'll say it. So, yeah, we, we had a great time up in New York. Um, uh, Art Brawls uh, and I were there at the airport waiting for Bob Simpson's plane to come in, and then we we flew up to New York and uh, we we went out to dinner. Art went over to see RG, uh, and uh, so we all all went out to dinner. Well, then dinner ends, and it's probably midnight because we got in late and we went to this restaurant. And uh, so it's midnight, and we we start back, and I get a call from another donor, Bruce Jollish. Oh, yeah, Bruce. Yeah, you know Bruce. Sure. And Bruce said, come on, Doug, we're going to get together. We're going to go and have a drink so we can tell everybody that uh, we toasted Baylor and and the Heisman Trophy in downtown New York City. So at, at that time, there was nothing open. We walked and walked and walked, and here we're walking in downtown <laughs> New York City. Well, it was around, um, uh, what's the park? Um, Central, Central Park? Central Park. Central Park. And uh, because our restaurant was, our restaurant, our hotel was, was right up in there. But here, never occurred to us at the time, you know, that maybe you shouldn't be walking <laughs> by yourself. <laughs> Uh, around New York, but that was Bruce Jolla. She calls me. It was about midnight or yeah. maybe a couple minutes before midnight. Come on, Doug. And I said, Bruce, I'm going back to my hotel. And he said, Doug, you're in New York City, so let's get together. <laughs> and we won the and, Heisman. And, <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. That's that's really uh, yeah. That that was really neat with with him. So, and I got to meet in the Heisman. I wandered off by myself, and I ended up. Uh, going into 
a room that I wasn't supposed to be in, and it was uh, reserved. This was the night of the Heisman, but it was early, and it was reserved for the parents of all the uh, the finalists. Wow! Uh, that night, and so I was in talking to the to the parents, and I didn't realize that I wasn't supposed to be there. And then this security guard comes up and said, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> and I said. I don't know. I just walked in here, but I had spent a good 15 to 20 minutes talking to the parents and how their sons and where they went to school and, and everything. And I, I wasn't even supposed to be in that room. So uh, the security guard asked me to leave pretty quickly. Yeah. You're great building memory. relationships. Yeah. yeah. Great. That's what you do. So what will you miss so, most? Um, people. The, the, the people. So I, I hope uh, we can... Uh, keep in, in touch with with one another. That's my biggest fear. Is once I leave, you know, it just it kind of shuts everything down, and I and I won't be able to to have a cup of coffee with anybody or go to lunch with anybody. So I'm hoping that's that's not going to end. But honestly, uh, that's my biggest fear when I when I get ready to go into retirement and how long I stay in retirement. I don't know. I I know I have some some people that said, Doug, you're you're a pretty popular person in in this community, so you'll probably have people asking you. Uh, to if you'd be interested in working for them, but I've also had a couple good friends say, "Doug, you take three to four months and you don't do anything. You just sit back and wait and relax and evaluate if indeed you you want to do something." So that's that I'm going to do, but I'm I'm going to miss the people and I'm going to miss the Saturdays. You know, uh, it's just a forever it's either a basketball game or a, a football game or going uh, tennis some sporting event baylor is always playing something on on a saturday and so getting up with my goldens at about 6 a.m and getting it done to get ready for wherever whatever event i'm going to go to uh, I, I think i'm gonna i'm gonna miss that well the one good thing is you you told us that you're a uh alumni by choice I am for a couple of times I think um and so you get to be a Baylor Bear for life Correct. and just because you retire does not mean you're no longer a part of the Baylor family I think John would agree with me that that extends well into retirement and that the door is always going to be open for you well I appreciate that and, and again I do I love Baylor University I'll always love Baylor University uh 23 years of my life well said, Doug. We appreciate you. You have a heart of gold, and you have given, given, given so much to uh, Baylor. And uh, it's great that we can visit with you and get you to tell these stories and share these stories with everybody. So uh, best wishes to you and Lorraine. God's blessings on you as you go into retirement or whatever is next for you. But we really are going to miss you around here. Well, thanks, John. All appreciate right. it so much. Doug, thanks appreciate very much. Appreciate both of you. All right. For Brooke Bednarz, I'm John Morris. Doug Smith, our guest on this week's Sikkim podcast. We hope you enjoy. We enjoyed it, and hope you'll join us next week for another edition of the Sikkim podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco. Online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.